It's been referred to as many things, a gut feeling, women's intuition, even a first impression. This month, we're covering the subject of intuition with today's focus on trusting your gut. Light from Lantern presents Knit a Spell. I'm magical maker, Katie Rempe. And I'm the maker of magic, James Devine. Join us as we stitch together the symbiotic relationship between crafting and the craft. Why is it the gut? Ugh, I guess we'll find out. But Katie, have you ever not trusted your gut? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, it happens for a lot of things, but... um. I do recall at one point microwaving a food item uh, for probably a little bit too long. And as I was going to pull it out, I remember thinking, I think I'm going to burn myself on this. And sure enough, I ignored it, (laughs) reached right in. And as soon as I grabbed it, I was like, oh, if I'd only listened to my gut, Jim, I wouldn't have had to clean up (laughs) a huge mess and have a minor burn on myself. (laughs) What about you? Um, I remember one time decades ago. I was working at a counter downtown, actually for a rental car company. Someone came in to the uh, front counter mm. and asked me for change, a, a 10 of five and five ones for that 20. And then quickly turned around and asked me for change again for something. And I felt in my gut that the he was pulling a fast one on me, but I thought I can count. I know how to count. And so I gave him change again, but he was doing it in a way that was very like, oh, wait, oh, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. I I need like change for this or change for that or whatever. And sure enough, he shorted me five bucks. From that $20, he walked away with $25 with his fast talking. And I didn't realize it until he was out the door. And I I was like, I knew I was, (laughs) I knew that these kind of little scams happened, which is why you know, the company policy was like, don't give out change because it's just easier to tell everyone not to give out change. Right. So I told my manager, I'm like, I know here's the $5 I'm putting back in the drawer. Mm, these are um, learning opportunities the hard way, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, what about a time when you did trust your gut? Oh yeah. I like those better. Probably most recently, just the making the decision to leave my previous job. You know, it's a Big decision. Obviously, it's usually easier to stay where you're at. It got to the point where the signs for me to accept that it was time to leave were so clear that when I finally said to myself, oh, I think I have to go, it was like a sense of relief. The weight that lifted off my shoulder, the pit in my stomach that I hadn't really realized had been living there for so long, this sense of stress, you know, just released. And I was like, Oh, okay. So, you know, has it been an easy journey? No. But was I happy where I previously was? No. So, you know, I would much rather try something different. See how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? That's really cool. Trusting my gut. Well, in reflecting on this question, I realized I happily realized that I trust my gut more often than I, than not trusting my gut. And I, but I think that's been practice Mm -hmm. over these many, many years. I think that if I think about myself in my twenties, I probably didn't trust my gut very often or didn't know how to trust my gut. But as a palm reader, 
as a psychic, as a witch, as I think I really utilize my gut a lot. I utilize my intuition quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the most obvious that I, I have talked about in the past is trusting my gut in responding to the message I first got from you. Oh, yes. When, so if ever, I'll tell the story again, because not everyone is going to go through and listen to all the podcasts and find this story. This podcast is a result of me getting a random direct message from someone that I had never met. Those direct messages that end up in your Instagram requ message requests. Uh, oh, ooh, the no man's <laughs> folder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure enough, there was a message from Katie and with a legitimate sort of like question about whether I had ever considered people's hands uh, who were knitting, who were knitters. And I had never thought about that. But my partner, my boyfriend, Cloven, knits, and my husband, Richard, crochets. And it was a relevant question to me because I'm often sitting on the couch with a knitter on my right and a crocheter on my left. But I also had a gut feeling. I had a sense of, oh, that's an interesting question. And it, it interests me. But I, beyond that, there was something about the question or the way it was worded or something. So I responded and then engaged in a conversation over direct message. And man, am I glad because my... <laughs> Intuition was right. You're one of the coolest people. And now we have a podcast over a year old. Oh my gosh, seriously. We made a baby together. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> oh, it right from our wombs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> In a way, I, I trusted my gut too, because I didn't know you when I first saw you on Instagram. And just because I saw you on a couple of lives didn't necessarily mean that what I perceived of you being cool would actually end up that you would be cool at which you are like whew, uh, way uh, better even than that. So, you know, it, it just worked out. And luckily we have learned over time to trust our gut because as we said earlier, we have ignored it before and paid the consequences. So. Right. Well, and now it's also interesting. Did you know that I was in the Puget Sound Pacific Northwest area when you messaged me? No, it wasn't till like two months later. And I didn't know that you were in the Pacific Northwest when you message yeah. me either. So that's also what's interesting about trusting your intuition mm. was not only did we totally get along and have conversations, we then realized that we live, well, depending on traffic, yeah. if there's no traffic, we live 40 minutes from each other. Yeah. Which exactly. is amazing because we could have lived. I mean, you could have been in Maryland or, sure. or I could have been in California or who knows where. Yeah, who knows? London, who knows? Well, let's get into it. We call it trusting your gut. I mean, why aren't we call it trusting my brain or trusting my spirit, trusting mm -hmm. my heart, trusting my ancestors? I mean, trusting anything except for my intestine or trusting my yeah. <laughs> digestion or my poop. I why? mean- if you think about it, the stomach does talk to us a lot. Like when it's hungry, it'll let us know. When it's upset, it sounds like a thunderstorm. So it kind of makes sense that after doing some research, I found out that the gut is like our original brain or our second brain nowadays. It does a lot of the thinking for us. It's, it's connected science-wise, which I know you're excited to geek out about. Like 95% of the serotonin in our body is regulated uh, in this area. So... It makes sense. 95% of the serotonin is regulated 
by our gut. Mm-hmm. That I'm shocked by that number, which also makes me realize why we humans love food so much. If the if 95% of the serotonin is regulated by our gut, no wonder mm-hmm. hashtag pizza. Well, yeah, or hashtag chocolate or what eat your feelings or in general. Eat your basically there's yeah. science. Eat your feelings because science. Yes. <laughs> but also don't eat your feelings because balance it is not insane of me (laughs) that (laughs) food helps me feel better Mm -hmm. even if temporary or even i mean that's a real thing after you had shared some of that we did look at some of the science and i was fascinated with this whole like gut instinct thing and Mm -hmm. the science of it we'll put some links to some resources we found if you want to stay alive if you want to if we want to keep our brains alive we have to eat mm-hmm. and so what we eat and the dangerous foods that are out there we need this constant communication between our brain and our gut to make mm-hmm. sure that if there's something poisonous we evacuate it quickly if there's something really nutritious we seek it out again like all of these sort of feedback between the food and the things we eat and our brain are constant. And before we had brains, evolutionary speaking, we were just eating machines. And so you think about a a worm or something else, it's just made to eat. Like that is their brain, is their digestion. The gut area is also your solar plex area, happens to be related to the third chakra, color yellow, which again is like your your emotional system. It's, um, you know, how... It's where your energy lives. So if you're a person who's always saying yes, always trying to people please, always trying to fix everything, you're going to be depleted by this other side of the same coin. If you are just overwhelmed and you can't say yes to anything, you could be blocked, you know, and all of these then manifest as diseases in the body or, you know, stress, which then leads to issues. So Again, it's interesting that it would be connected all to this spot. And and I, I do believe also that this is likely the area where, you know, if you are a person who, again, is a big giver without having too much boundary, you could have a lot of accords attached to this area. Note for episode in the future, <laughs> but like cord healing and like, how do we resolve those cords and have a healthy balance with the cords that are there? Mm-hmm. And Yeah, for sure. And think about if you have GI issues, how they could be related with the third chakra and whether you're, you know, they could manifest in physical ways that are very much one-to-one with what's going on. If you're, um, if your connections are blocked and you have a lot of stuff that's building up that you're holding on to versus if you're too loose and you have, you know, a lot of the GI stuff that's too Mm -hmm. flowing and too loose or back and forth and you need more balance with that so if you're not feeling well ask yourself you know am i practicing healthy boundaries because if not it'd be a great time to change help yourself out even if for one week you know if you're someone who always says yes just one week say no and just do things that you want or don't do anything and reflect on how you feel afterwards you know did the world fall apart probably not Um, And do you feel a lot better? Probably. So yeah, there's a lot of power in saying no, like we've talked about before. Change also takes time. Talking about change Mm -hmm. and those things. 
I practiced doing a vegan diet for a week. Oh, that was very painful because my body wasn't prepared for the amount of legumes I was, I was eating. Oh yeah. And making little changes over time are also, is also something really good with balance too. But the metaphysical side is also thinking about how that contributes to the things that are physically there as well. When we are looking for balance. And I love that, that suggestion, which is like, am I a people pleaser or am I blocking things or stuffing things down? And what is one little thing I could do to practice something a little bit different and then notice what's happening. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. I love We're never that. a master at anything. We're always learning. So I love that. Yeah, that is so true. And when we talk about the gut feeling or intuition, mm. intuition is often we think about this. I'm going to follow my gut. Or I'm going to have a sense in my gut. Mm-hmm. And you talked about sometimes there's a pit in my stomach. And is it, there's some science to that. Like I, I used to feel it when I spent too much money. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know what my balance is on my ATM, but I feel, I'm, you know, way back. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm spending too much money or I feel like that's not right even mm-hmm. though I didn't balance my checkbook yet. And sure enough, every time I'd be like, oh no, that was right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm on the edge. Good. I don't want to bounce a check. Remember bouncing a check before <laughs> overdraft? <laughs> um, so cute. There's a difference between feeling sick to my stomach from fear. And I think that this is around like your job, like leaving your job, like having the apprehension from I'm going to die because I'm about to fall off a cliff or someone's right. about to kill me. Mm-hmm. you know, pit, to, pit, pit of my stomach fear yes. versus the excitement or the standing in the presence of greatness or of potential success or potential freedom, or like yes. the fear of being free of the shackles. So do you have some insight into like discerning the difference? I have always felt like going after the thing you're scared of or apprehensive of doing is always the way to go. (laughs) Uh, I mean, obviously not to hurt yourself and all that. Use your judgment, right? But, um, or your gut, trust your gut. Ask yourself, why are you afraid of this thing? Are you afraid of this thing? I think it's the knowing yourself that allows you to decipher that. You know, it's, Is it so new that you don't know what to expect and that's why you're, quote, afraid? Or do you just need to readjust your mindset to when you feel that feeling, know that it's excitement at opportunity? We have evolved to have a negativity bias to keep us from eating the poison berries the second time, assuming we survived the first time. (laughs) It's like stamped into our memory so that we remember next time. We remember things that are not actually threatening more, even if they're not actually threatening, we remember them so that we don't repeat them. And so we end up with this negativity bias. And that is part of where this gut feeling comes from. And so I think one of the things that we can do is sit and presence ourselves and say, is this a thing that is going to threaten my actual life or my actual well-being? Mm. Am, Am I standing in the presence of potential greatness or of potential death? and be in that space. Um, There's a great book called Playing Big by the author Tara Moore. And she makes a distinction in the Jewish tradition of two types of fear. One is called Peshad, which is the fear of 
danger. And the other is your raw, which is the fear of like the fear that you experience when like an angel appears. Mm. And that is a different kind of fear. That isn't the fear of like the terrible fear. That's a fear of the glory and of mm. the of greatness and of the amazingness of what you yes. see, right? Like, Aww. yeah. So I think of that and I think it's good. We don't have that in English. We don't have it in our culture, this distinction of those two types mm. of fears. And it doesn't really serve us well, unfortunately. So I think that's something that we could think about and have that intuition and discern between those two things. Yes. It's especially nowadays, it's incredibly powerful for you to recognize when fear is being used against you as a tool. It's one of the easiest ways to manipulate people, but it's also really easy to recognize once you know it. Well, I think we should take a break. And when we come back, let's talk about how to apply our intuition to both magic and to making. I can't wait. We'll be right back. Hey, Knit a Spell fans. Are you inspired to incorporate magical making practices into your knitting, but not sure how to start? Well, I'm launching two online courses in May that will focus on this very subject. I'm excited to announce Knitting with Color Magic and Intuitive Color Correspondences. In Knitting with Color Magic, you'll learn the basics of color magic and how to apply them to pre-existing patterns, your own designs, and how to craft an intent based on color combinations. Then dig even deeper into your personal connection to color with intuitive color correspondences, where you'll explore new ways to perceive color and the emotions they emit within you. Everyone sees color differently, and this class takes that into account as each student develops their own list of magical meanings for 10 popular colors. To be the first to learn more, sign up for my newsletter at lightfromlantern.com. All right, well, let me tell you what I'm up to. Dance your magic at the International Divination Event, May 20th through 22nd in Dallas, Texas. On Saturday, join DJs Madame Pamita and yours truly, James Devine, as they mix up an epic dance party inspired by Studio 54 and the 78 cards of the tarot deck. Studio 78 a carefully curated song list of vintage dance music, each associated with one of the cards from the tarot and accompanied by projections of that card up on the wall, baby. You will immerse yourself in the good vibrations of the archetypes as you dance the night away. Grab your tickets at theinternationaldivinationevent.com. Oh, in our second half... I want to ask you, Jim, a couple of questions, mainly around trusting your gut. How do you think that it really works? Why exactly? So I think that you need three things. I think there's always that magic number three shows up there all the time. Again. Trusting your gut. I think uh, there's an asterisk with this statement. <laughs> I just want to say. <laughs> um, so trusting your gut, I think, is a function of three things. One is self-knowledge. One of the biggest axioms that the Greeks had was know thyself. Mm. And there's a lot of different meanings that are ascribed to this, this sort of commandment. And this idea is like, know that you are not a God, but it's also to know thyself, to know who you are and to have that self-knowledge and to seek that self-knowledge. As we seek self-knowledge, as we seek ourselves and seek to know ourselves and to know who we are, our intuition 
in my opinion, in my view, grows and deepens and becomes something that serves us. I think that our intuition needs an access. It needs a, a place to ground. Mm. Otherwise, it's just random floating bubbles of, you know, rainbow bubbles that are floating along. Like someone's, you know, has a bubble machine down the street and we're chasing mm. one thing after another. Yeah. And we might get lucky sometimes. There's really no system. <laughs> there's nothing to ground it or or ground it in. And mm. I think that my intuition has gotten so much better a because i i'm practiced with my intuition as a professional psychic but i'm also older and wiser and i know myself so much more as a human so i have to say that that is what i believe is true now why the asterisk because of course there is psychic unknowable random like what the, how, how the heck I had no business knowing that information yep. and yet that information was given to me. And I have to say that, yes, that happens. Mm -hmm. And that's a real thing. Absolutely. So I think number two on this three point, these three points that I have, and these are in order of importance. Second, most important is knowledge of your craft or, and I mean that with the lowercase C with like knowledge of the craft of knitting or painting or crochet cooking, or weaving whatever, or cooking. Sure whatever the craft is that you do, and then craft with a capital C uh, with your magical craft, with your practice in the you know magical work that you're doing. And mm -hmm. if you're knowledgeable, if you understand what the four elements are and what they mean and how they show up, if you're knowledgeable in um, magical tradition and you're trained in it, if you have that knowledge and you have your self-knowledge, you're starting to build a good foundation for your intuition to pull from and to be then grounded against something even more tangible and mm -hmm. uh, a system or of a, a mental model for it to, you know, bounce against. Oh, now I understand how these colors go together with the, the yarns that I picked. Oh, now I understand how these mm. elements inter interrelate in this magical working that I'm doing, for instance. Sure. Yeah, good call. And, and then finally, it's the skill. Do I have the skill to hold the knitting needles in this way or to do this yarn over or to, you know, actually understand how to do this color work mm. deftly and quickly or carefully and slowly either way? Do I have the skill to write these sigils in a way that is clear, you know, craft this ritual overall and mm. facilitate it for this 30 people. And so these are practice in your skills that then are uh, the third level of that, that build upon knowledge of the craft and then knowledge of myself. And so I think it's this little pyramid type of diagram that I think helps with the foundation of intuition. And when we have those built, I think that that then can apply, be applied to anything, but especially where we have a gap. So to the level at which I have those built and don't get down on yourself. If you don't have those things, you are fine. You are perfect where you're at. You're growing those things. You're working on those things. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're new to witchcraft. Maybe you're new to knitting. Maybe you're new to cooking or painting or whatever it is. That's fine. Yes. You're new to discovering yourself. You've just come out of a very restrictive religious environment and you're just discovering witchcraft or, or magic. That's great. We're inviting you 
to take to discover and to welcome you with love to enjoy the process yes yes so you can apply this intuition now to where you're at and know that it's going to be a beautiful exploration and you can apply this where you have a gap in knowledge so you don't currently know something and you can use your intuition while you seek knowledge how many times have we used our intuition when we didn't know something and we pulled a book off a shelf and we found what we were looking for, yes. or we've opened the book to that spot and we've been like, Oh, that's oh. just what I was. Or we've talked to somebody mm. and the conversation was just, isn't it funny? I was just thinking about that thing and I needed to know. And it came yes. up or we ask the universe for something and then someone shows up and they deliver the information or something really related to the information we were seeking. Mm-hmm. So it shows, happens. <laughs> oh, I know me too. It happens so often. It also helps when we're saying, oh, I don't know what crystal is best for this working. I wonder what crystal, and I don't have a way to get that knowledge. Maybe I'm out in the middle of the desert or somewhere. And, but this seems like from what I do know, it would work. And I'm just going to use my intuition or I found this plant and I didn't bring a book with me, or it isn't in the book that I have. I'm just going to use my intuition. Don't eat unidentified plants or rub them in an orifice or anything, but Hmm. I can use it in a, or breathe their smoke, but I can use it in a, in a ritual way that's safe. And I can use my intuition in that way. So that was kind of a long answer, but what is your reflection on that? I agree. Totally. If you don't know what you want and what you're thinking, then having intuition is meaningless. Probably you're going to write it off really quickly and, and do nothing about it for making You know, I have used intuition in terms of like, what color am I going to pick for this person? You know, okay, yeah, part of it is I know the person and I know what kind of colors they like. However, also there's only a limited amount of yarn in front of me, perhaps in a certain amount of colors. So which one of these with the limitations would they like best? And sometimes the intuition is knowing the person well enough that you should just ask. Not everyone likes a surprise and sometimes they appreciate the surprise better when they can be a little more involved in it. And I have to say that's the kind of person I am. And maybe that's because I'm a control freak, Jim. Okay. A little bit. Didn't you come up with a a term? Yes. In fact, uh, so when knitting, I would often find that I would be doing something. And for some reason I would think, Ooh, did I do something wrong? Did I Nah, it's fine. It's probably fine. And I have coined this term as knit tuition. <laughs> Many times, Jim, I have ignored my knitter's intuition and then found myself pulling back rows and rows of work to go back and fix the thing I wasn't paying attention to, but apparently knew somewhere. I've gotten much better at noticing that one because ripping out to drag. I love that term knit tuition. And I think that if you're a cook, you have a cook tuition. Totally. And if you're a crocheter, You probably Mm -hmm. have a crochet tuition. Maybe that's what a sculptor feels like if uh, you're one looking at a block. You know, I remember being in a um, fine arts class in my early college days and getting a big rock of soapstone to carve into something. And I was like, but it's just a stone. I didn't have like the conceptual mind at that point when he was like, well, you know, so-and-so just saw the sculpture in there and then carved it out. And I was like, what? So, um I think that's maybe part of intuition as well. You know, it's that inspiration of newness kind of in the same realm. What do you think? Yeah. My first degree is in fine art. I remember telling my mom, even as a young kid, she asked me because I would draw all the time. She Mm. would say, 
what's the most inspirational thing to you? And I looked at her and I said, I think I was like seven. And I said, a blank sheet of paper. Oh, Jim, that's I know. <laughs> Out of the mouths of babes, right? <laughs> Dang. I didn't think about it. I mean, I didn't think it was very profound at the time. She yeah. told me this later also. But I've always thought that a blank sheet of paper was the most inspiring thing because, oh my gosh, I could draw anything on that blank sheet of paper. We were always encouraged to express ourselves creatively. What's your opinion? What keeps us from trusting ourselves? Do you think that there's a block? I think personally, some people don't like taking on responsibility of things. So when you commit to making a decision like that, whether it's to trust your gut or not, you know, that's still a choice you're making. So I think if you're not the person that wants to even take the risk, you're probably not even going to want to look at the signs. But again, I think that's part of knowing yourself. Maybe those people don't really know what they want. So it's it's hard for them. It would be an impossible or a, a huge anxiety for those types of people to get the blank paper because everything's possible. And thus it's a crippling thing, you know, isn't that kind of ironic? Yeah, like overwhelming analysis so, paralysis or something. Yeah. Exactly. It's way easier to create in most cases uh, when you have some guidelines to follow. So. Yeah, that's true. There is studies around creative constraints being actually spurring more creativity than uh, like a green field. As a social scientist oriented person, you know, our society is not really set up for us to trust our intuition in the patriarchal, capitalist, misogynist, all the things, you know, society that we have, it isn't like we are socialized or we're taught or we're supported to trust our intuition. Yes. Instead, we are really taught observational science. And there's good reason for that, for sure. And we're not taught any other sources of wisdom. And we are in a society that is really Christian more than it is anything else, yeah. no matter how we're raised at home. So the idea of intuition is very restricted to specific ways in which it's appropriate. And following that intuition is something remarkable because it's not normal or normalized or really allowed in, yeah. so, in common societies. So I think that that's something that also blocks us from thinking about it all the time or feeling like it's able to be used in a common way. So mm -hmm. that's something to also give ourselves a little grace around. Like it isn't something that you were really made, that was really made okay. Yeah, right. Well, and if anything, some of the connotations make it sound like a bad thing. I mean, women's intuition. Oh, what? Well, only women can do it because we're emotional. We can do it. Like, I know what they're yeah. trying to say through that, you know? Yeah. Um, mother's intuition. Only mothers have it about their children. That's okay. It's not okay for men to have intuition. We are socialized out of that. Like we're not allowed to have strong intuitive mm -hmm. sense. That's very much a toxic masculinity that's ingrained into men that we are not allowed to be intuitive. And it's heartbreaking because it kind of destroys sensitive men in a lot of ways. That's why, you know, little sissy Jimmy was called too sensitive. Huh. I'm not the only one. I mean, there's many other men Still. Mm -hmm. who experienced that or who were sensitive as children who then mask themselves for safety mm -hmm. and don't express that. 
And there's other people who do that too, because they were brought up as that's devil worship or that's evil or, you know, Mm -hmm. you're too sensitive or stop feeling that or because it was wrong because what they felt their intuition was invalidated. And Mm. so since it wasn't reliable enough, then it must not be right. Yeah. Or, or it was misinterpreted Yeah, or it was, or it's scary. I don't want to, I had a feeling that grandma died and then I found out she did. And then I shut it all down because I was too afraid. I had a client like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or you shared it with someone and now they're afraid of you or freaked out, you know, even if you're okay with it. Right. You share it with Yeah. You share it with someone and they freak out. And then you realize that you will be ostracized Mm -hmm. if people find out that you have this gift. Yeah. I would actually say that is the number one reason that I, uh, hesitated at telling people I was involved or interested in any of this for the longest time was just like, Oh, well, you know, there's crazy Katie again, doing her weird things. And I guess we'll just leave her alone to do that. And yeah, you know, you're one of the weirdos. Luckily, we are the weirdos, <laughs> mister. <laughs> exactly. Well, I don't know well, about you, but I learned a lot in this episode. <laughs> yeah. What are some of the things that really stick out to you from this episode? I mean, really kind of reflecting on on the like patriarchal women kind of put down of this a little bit and how, you know, it should be talked about as power instead of something to be feared. What about yeah. You? Women's women's power is definitely to be feared. That's mm-hmm. why women are oppressed. But this is also true of everyone who's oppressed. Oppression theory exists. And the root of that is if we let anyone who is oppressed gain power, the reason we oppress them, the queer people, the black and brown people and the women Mm -hmm. is so that they don't gain power because the people in power are terrified of it, which means you have incredible power. Yeah. And they're standing on a thin foundation. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. So resist. Yes. Rise up. What am I going to reflect on for the week? My brain is in my intestines as much as it's in my head. Maybe even more so. This weekend, my husband and I are always saying the nose knows, but I think it's kind of part of the, our digestive tract. It's like, oh, right. Like intuiting things with my gut and that my gut is actually part of like the food and the digestion and all that. I'm really going to like take that on and think about how physical food and my digestion and my intuition and my knowledge and how those are combined. I'm really grooving on that. So that's what I'm taking away from this week. We wanted to do our card pool in a little bit different way. One of the things that we wanted to do with our card pool is to associate our card pool with the topic that we're talking about. Can I do the card pool? Do it, please. Okay. So the question for this week is what card will guide us on using our intuition going forward? All right. So you ready, Katie? Let's pull three of cups. This is like the perfect card (laughs) for this intuition. There's three people. It's a water sign for emotions with the cups. Uh, I mean, it looks like they're having a great time, which when using intuition, I find that being in a better kind of party state of mind, actually kind of high vibrational frequency really helps. And I feel like that's where these people are at. Yeah. I think about the number three, Mm. like that magical number three keeps showing up all the time. And I think about how our intuition is often informed by symbols. Like when you were leaving your job, didn't you say that you kept seeing signs? 
yes or symbols to do it mm-hmm. like show me a sign and like that number three is often part of that and yeah. yeah the water this is a water element this is about emotions and we feel emotions in our gut a lot of times mm-hmm. as i think about the flow like look at their robes and their hair mm-hmm. like there's a lot of flow and and intuition is a lot about being in the flow and i love how the detachment like you said detachment when we're dancing and having fun and we're detached Mm -hmm. then the intuition can just like come to us but when we have this grip on something and we're thinking about it like you know this isn't a swords card of thoughts Mm -hmm. or gripping a sword there's a great great quote about trying to grasp water like you can't hold on to the water while you're in the water but you can relax and float So that's the insight around intuition for this episode. And I hope that's useful. Well, if you have any insight on our card, or if it's towards the end of the week and you've had something happen around this card, we'd love to hear from you. You can always drop us an email at knitaspellpodcast at gmail.com and we'll read it on live. Well, not live, but you know, live recorded. All right. Well, we'll see you all next time on Knit a Spell. Thanks for listening. listening. If you enjoyed the show, consider sharing it with a friend, leaving a review on iTunes and Spotify, or following Knit a Spell on Instagram. You can also subscribe to the Light from Lantern YouTube channel to enjoy full episodes of Knit a Spell and see our happy faces. You can also learn more about readings, classes, and events going on with your favorite maker of magic, James Devine, by visiting thedivinehand.com and subscribing to his newsletter. Then follow Jim's fun and interactive Instagram account at divinehandjim. Keep up with Katie, the magical maker, by subscribing to her newsletter at lightfromlantern.com. You'll even receive a free knitting pattern as a thank you gift. Then follow Katie on Instagram at lightfromlantern for even more magical making tips. See you next week. week.